everyone and welcome back to the sponsorship podcast you're here with me jess shanahan and we are here with toby trice hey jess how are you yeah really good thank you i've, I've had a really nice day of networking at the motorsport days live like online conference which is like the coolest piece of tech i think i've ever used <laughs> yeah it looks so good so so good i'm gutted i couldn't make it because it looks like it's been a, a great a great time so how's it been for you yeah really good made some connections with some really cool people learn a lot about kind of electric motorsport as well which is something that I'm kind of like background interested in so yeah it was it was good and like obviously it doesn't replace the fact that you know the actual motorsport days live event got cancelled in November which is a shame because that's kind of like one of my highlights of the year but yeah it, it, it was a good kind of like you know thing to be you know keeping us interested and connected in in the meantime until events can start back up again yeah, definitely. Fair play to them for putting that on because it looked it looked pretty mega. Yeah, it was really good. So uh, as a result, if I sound a bit croaky, that's because I have been talking nonstop all day. <laughs> fair enough. To be fair, I'm not far off that. I've been on sponsor meetings literally all day. <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah, it's been a good week. Awesome. Well, um, let's jump in with some some fun facts. So this this one's super exciting. So Toby is heading to Everest Base Camp in 2022, which yeah. is mind boggling. That's so cool. I'm I'm actually really jealous. It, it sounds wicked when you sign up, but then when you sign up and you have the realization of what you've actually got to do, <laughs> it's not quite so cool. But no, I'm looking forward to going. It's um, doing it for charity. That's the that's the reason why we're doing it for male facility. And um, yeah, I'm I'm quite excited. But hopefully, I get to go because race season literally falls the same time, and we mm. we're due to climb up there. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to going. Yeah. Well, as we move closer to it, you'll have to kind of keep us posted on training and like all the stuff that you have to do to kind of prepare. Quite exciting. Yeah, well, we do. I need to get my hiking boots. I did kind of joke that I'd end up doing it in Converse because that's pretty much what I live in. So <laughs> I better get, better get it out soon. Absolutely. Um, just this fun fact of the week, and I actually find this one quite, this one makes me chuckle, is that she can't remember anything about the film she's watched. I find that hilarious, Jess. Yeah, but there's a perk to this okay. because it means that I can watch a film twice and it's like it's the brand new experience every time. <laughs> Honestly, it the, the amount of times that I've, I've, I've said to my partner I've said oh I found this really interesting film I'm gonna put it on and as the intro is playing he's looking at me I'm like what he's like we've seen this I'm like no we haven't he's like no <laughs> we literally watched it like six weeks ago I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> no surely not Jess I'd love to step into your mind one day <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awesome <laughs> okay so let's talk about I guess this is kind of relevant to, to what I was doing today with the the Motorsport Days Live online networking but we're going to talk today about how to make a winning first impression because I think that that's that's really relevant obviously when you're meeting people in person but it's just as relevant online yeah and you know here's a, a, a fun fact about me is I recently was 15 minutes late to a meeting because I got it mixed up in my calendar and when I asked for feedback from the person she's like yeah the time thing wasn't great I'm like yeah no so that's not how you make a great first impression by being late so tip one don't be late to meetings <laughs> tip number one yeah be yeah. organized <laughs> yeah don't get mixed up with time zones that's another thing that's tricky these days right that's very really um, hard that's something that I've had to um sort of sort of balance because I've got um some contacts across the ponds that are actually in different time zones than each other which yeah. always confuses me so yeah GMT is kind of the is the, the, the rule of thumb for me is trying to trying to make sure you organize it correctly in GMT yeah it's difficult and I always find this is completely going off topic but when the US switches to daylight savings time it's like a week out from ours 
so there, there is one meeting. So I have a weekly meeting with a US client and there is one week of every year where I get it wrong <laughs> because they've changed and we haven't or vice versa. So it throws me every year and I've been doing, I've been having these weekly meetings with this client for like three years. <laughs> one day you'll learn. Me. Yeah, one day. Okay. So yeah, the tip one, don't be late to meetings. So I, you know, obviously Toby, you've been doing lots of, you know, online meetings and things like that. Is there, there anything that you kind of do to make sure that you're, you're making a good impression over like a video call or a phone call? I mean, stay, stick true to myself is, is for one, but for, certainly with the video calls, I have kind of like a, you know, I, I treat it like I am meeting them in, in person. So I dress well on the top half always, not necessarily the bottom half is always smart because you don't need to worry too much about that right now. The choice of Zoom. <laughs> exactly. But no, I've got like kind of, um, I've actually got some lighting in my room that makes sure that I'm lit correctly and that kind of stuff. Um, so that when I jump on for the first time, people are getting a good, clear representation of me and my brand and kind of seeing visually who I am. And I think that's, I think that's at the moment is the, the kind of current thing of trying to make a good, good first impression it certainly becomes a bit of a talking point actually when I jump on zoom calls now because people are like oh what's that in the background or you know what's that going on and I think that's quite that's quite mm. a nice thing you know I've always been one of these people that's not been too formal when meeting someone for the first time because I'm quite a chilled guy and I like to try and put that out straight away and I think all the people that I've kind of met in face on telephone or zoom um, I've always just tried to make sure that that's been my kind of priority really is just get you know feel relaxed because I think however you come across um it reflects quite a lot on that person doesn't it I think Jess mm, yeah absolutely and it, it goes back to that that thing of like you make a, a a first impression in seven seconds and I think that that's just as true for online as it is in person so actually if if you are late if you know you're you're having severe tech issues if you don't look you know the right level of smart and I'm not saying you need to be suited and booted the whole time but you need to look presentable I think that 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 sticks with someone and it is so hard to change that first impression once it's made you can change it so if you do like really screw up you can change that first impression but it's really hard to do so obviously the the best thing that you can do for a potential sponsor relationship is to make sure you nail it and hopefully like the tips that we give for the rest of this podcast will help anyone who's listening to just make sure they are on point yeah exactly because it, it is so important isn't it especially and, and I know nerves sometimes come into play and that sometimes goes against you because because you're fully aware that you want to make that really good first impression the first time you meet someone sometimes your nerves can get the better of you and I think sometimes just taking a if there's someone that you're meeting that's you know quite high profile or this could be a big opportunity for you for a big sponsor meeting or something like that sometimes just good to take a moment sort of try and relax yourself because then when you do make that first impression with them you're a lot more chilled and settled and you're kind of ready to talk and I think that's something that, that I learned probably probably for like four or five years ago when I was doing a lot of like photography work and meeting clients for for doing photography work and I suppose that's when I learned my skill then of doing that because I remember meeting with like really high-end magazine editors and art directors and just being so nervous hoping that I'd get this gig and and I used to screw up sometimes he used to get so nervous and it doesn't come across confident right so it then makes it tricky to kind of keep that conversation going and, and actually could bring that back to you've got control of the situation and and that's something that I used to struggle with I don't so much now so I guess I learned then <laughs> yeah and important. I think that's exactly it experience will help you so you know anyone who is kind of 
shying away from doing sponsor meetings do them get them out of the way once you've done the first three or four the next will come so much easier and i think when it comes to making a first impression exactly as you just said toby is just kind of taking that breath and taking a moment just to kind of calm those nerves because you can you can turn those nerves into you know a nice positive energy but you need to take a moment to kind of relax yourself a little bit first yeah and this is something that i teach to younger racing drivers who who tend to feel very, very nervous when they suddenly have a camera stuck in their face. There's this, there's either like the inclination to waffle just to fill space or to give one word answers. And it's kind of similar when you're speaking to a sponsor, you don't want to do either of those things. So just taking a moment to breathe can really kind of help you just kind of settle. And I think a lot of people forget. Exactly. Yeah. And, but a lot of people kind of forget to do it, but it's actually one of the most powerful tools we have if we're, if we're nervous or even if we're like super excited and I definitely cannot tell the difference between the two. I can't tell if I'm like anxious and nervous or excited anymore because I think they're just, they're just one feeling. <laughs> they are very similar though, aren't they? They're very, yeah. very similar. You know, I've only got to go back to when I had my, my very first podium interview at Dunstan Park. I was, I was a wreck emotionally because it was a year post kind of losing a baby and yeah I was mm. lifting my first ever trophy in racing cars and I did I couldn't talk Jess I was a, I was yeah. a mess um, but I look back at that and I've learned a lot from that experience because if I'd just taken a moment just to kind of take that breath in and just relax a minute and not focus on all the other stuff that's going on I could have then probably given quite a good interview because I'm not bad on camera I'm not bad in front of microphones otherwise I wouldn't be on this podcast <laughs> I don't know. I think sometimes that like real heightened emotion that you get after, after, you know, getting on the podium, you know, racing, anything where you've had like a lot of adrenaline. I think that's a, people almost expect that quite like to see that. And I'm always so amazed at, you know, drivers who are super composed, especially if it's like one of their first wins or podiums. But I guess it's slightly different when you're going into a sponsor meeting because, you know, in theory, you'll have had the time to to prepare, to to relax yourself, to make sure that you're kind of on point and ready. So I think, you know, I wouldn't worry about, you know, being a bit emotional or, or all over the place following, you know, <laughs> lifting up the trophy uh, after a race. But yeah, a bit of a different situation. Let's let's talk about meeting people in person because at some point this will become relevant again and uh, obviously there are places around the world where they're not locked down like we are here in the UK so uh, I still think this is worth talking about now one of the the things that that I see that that really shows me that a driver is nervous is not so two things actually either not being able to make eye contact or making way too much eye contact yeah that's a balance actually isn't it yeah so there's something when you are someone who doesn't know how to interact with people, you you're told to make loads of eye contact, right? So you say, well, I don't want to make eye contact with this person, but I have to, because that's how you, you show that you're interested. People that have been told that when it's not their natural inclination will just make too much eye contact. And it is a really, really difficult balance. So I think like just making the right level of eye contact. And I, I don't know how to explain what that is, but just, you know, when you're talking to someone, meet their eyes, but then occasionally like look away. I, I think it's a think about like what they're doing, kind of mirror their their, you know, how how they're looking at you and how they're speaking to you. I think that's a really good way of making your first impression is to look like the right amount of engaged. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a tricky balance actually. Is, oh, yeah. Now we're talking about this, it's quite um quite a tricky balance. I'm sure people listening in are kind of thinking, you know, like what is too much eye contact or what, mm. you know. And it is a, it is a balance, isn't it? But I think, I think, you know, 
things like eye contact and things like that they're all they're all things that we we you know do when we're conversating with people but your own energy just comes across I think sometimes like yeah. I think when you're meeting people if you're feeling happy and vibrant smiley um, and you're excited about whatever that person's talking about they they get that you don't even have to tell them that you're excited but they'll get that emotion and I think I think that's really really important if you can kind of like put, put that message across in those sort of ways uh, that that's really powerful when you meet someone Absolutely. And I, I think, again, it comes back down to, to being relaxed. Like if you're relaxed and, and you're, you know, you're not a, a bundle of nerves, it's okay to be nervous. But if, if you're, if you're mostly relaxed, like your natural emotion um, and your natural connection with someone will come across. But I think one of the biggest things, and people often ask me this is that, you know, I'm not very confident going into a sponsor meeting. What do I do? Over prepare, prepare as much as you can. And just having that kind of knowledge of, every single thing that you want to say and how to say it every single objection that you might come across and we did a podcast on objections every single fact about the business every single goal that you've been able to discern from their online thing your big list of questions you can't over prepare for a meeting and you'll right. actually probably realize that you didn't need you know even 10 percent of it and you probably got into a natural kind of rhythm with it yeah but i don't i don't know if you've done this toby maybe like back in the early days of you know when you were first pitching for sponsorship, were you were you an over preparer, or did you always kind um, of jump in? Massively, massively, and I, and I still prepare loads now. You know, I, because I'm interested in in the company that I'm going to talk to. So I just find a natural, you know, interest in in the sponsor that I'm talking to. So yeah, I'm I'm a massive over preparer. But I think the, the reason why I do that as well is because you know it then gives me confidence that if things topics come up, I'm fully prepared to talk about them. And there's nothing worse for me than to have a conversation with someone and kind of like they get onto a topic that perhaps I should know about, maybe about their business or what we're doing in racing or something like that. And, and then you're out of your depth thinking, oh, no, I wish I'd actually looked into this and found this information out. Mm. Now, there's no, there's no harm in asking questions and there's no harm being, you've got to be honest if you don't know the answer to certain things. But it looks so much better if you're really knowledgeable on the topic that you're talking about. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge over-preferrer. But then when I go into a sponsor meeting, I'm, you know, I'm chilled because I know that I've done my research and I'm, and I'm good to go and, and chat to that person about, about their business. Mm, yeah I mean I'm 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 very much an over preparer or a zero preparer there's no in between I I really really like to know kind of what I'm dealing with because I I you know my my confidence I wouldn't say like comes naturally it, it it's learned it doesn't show you though seriously yeah well exactly because I you know I've been, I've been doing this a long time and I think a part of that is because I'm so well prepared yeah. I know exactly what I'm going to say if someone throws you know a curveball at me yeah and i actually think that's a really great way to to make a first impression is just to be knowledgeable but you don't like 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 you say like you don't have to be knowledgeable about everything so i don't want people to feel the pressure of having to you know cram before a sponsorship meeting for for hours and hours and hours you just kind of need to know the basics because the rest you can get from asking questions because that's how conversations work right yeah but i think it's always nice like if you're going into a sponsorship meeting you need to know the basics of who you're speaking to. And I've had sponsors say this to me before. They've said things like, you know, someone pitched to me, but it was clear they knew nothing about my business. So yeah. this is why that research phase is so important to kind of work out what their basic goals are, at least what they sell, how they sell it, who they sell it to, all of that kind of stuff is just basics. You need to know that stuff before you go into a meeting because that will make a good first impression 
because there are lots of businesses out there who get rubbish pitches from drivers and you don't want to be one of those. Yeah, and I've, I've just recently had some similar feedback actually, Jess, because I've just had a meeting with, with a potential sponsor. Um, we're not yet currently in full agreement of, of a sponsorship deal just now, but it's looking very, very good. We, we're, looks like we're going to be a great match and I'm, I'm really excited to work with them. But actually I had some really interesting feedback from them during a meeting was that they get a lot of drivers pitch them for sponsorship because they're very active around motorsport. So that's naturally going to be something they attract and they're aware of. But something they, they said was just during the first sort of 15 minutes of talking is that the way I explained things was really clear in the fact that they could understand exactly what I was talking about and how I can offer value to that company. And I think that's, that's a really nice piece of feedback for me because, you know, I, I talk in layman's terms that they can understand and don't try and baffle them with science. Whereas I think they've had lots of conversations with drivers before where they've not they've not even been sure of what what even that driver's offering after half an hour of talking and and so you need to make sure that you can bring that point across to your sponsors confidently as well isn't it absolutely and actually i think a lot of this comes down to how you're building that relationship in the first place because yeah because in theory that you would have been speaking to a potential sponsor online before you ever get the chance to pitch to them right before you even get into that zoom call or that face-to-face meeting and they will have looked you up they will have you know done done their basic homework to see who they're chatting to whether that's just a quick look at your linkedin profile or a scroll through some instagrams or a deeper dive into who you are and what you do but they'll be they'll be looking at who you are online but also you will have probably made some kind of first impression from those first conversations you've had with them so this is why I always like to go in with with something different. You want to be standing out from other drivers. So let's say you've you've messaged someone on LinkedIn and you said, "Hey, do you want to talk about sponsorship?" It's unlikely that you'll get a meeting from that, let's face it. But let's say you do that. When it comes to having that call, they're probably not going to be that interested. They're probably going to be thinking, "Oh, just another racing driver, fine. All right, let's do the call. I've got nothing better to do cuz lockdown." Yeah. But if you've gone in saying, hey, I love this aspect of your business and I I was curious about how you source the things for this thing that you do, whatever it is that you're asking that you're interested in. And then you might have, you know, a lot of back and forth conversations before you even say, hey, I think we should chat. There's some synergy here. You've made that first impression by showing your interest in them and, and, and you've almost built a friendship. And I think that's 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 actually where a lot of these first impressions probably stem from. It's not that first, you know, time that they pop up on a video call or the first handshake in a oh, a handshake seems so archaic, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that seems miles away, doesn't I it? I was I was horrified at myself. I'm like shaking someone's hand. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, that first handshake, elbow touch, nod from a distance in person, you know, they they've probably already got a sense of how they feel about you. Yeah. So bear that in mind, like how you're talking to people online in, in the way that you're building those relationships and, you know, getting those calls. If you went really hard sell on it, they're probably going to be, you know, a bit closed off. Whereas if you just, you know, framing it as a chat and it's all been quite friendly, they're probably going to be a bit more open with you. Yeah, I agree. And, and I suppose that then stems from how you kind of represent yourself online anyway. So if you've if you spoke to them or, or met them through social media or LinkedIn, etc., chances are they've seen your profile haven't they maybe even before you've you've actually spoke to them so you know building your kind of represent you know represent yourself online again is that is also a first impression this is making sure that's really really done well 
Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, there are a lot of potential sponsors and, you know, people working within businesses out there who, when you send that first message, they'll probably look you up. This is absolutely true for LinkedIn. They'll look you up and, you know, whatever you're, you're talking about on there is, it will, will build the impression that they have of you and will probably inform whether they, they reply to you or not. So bear that in mind because, you know, this picture we're building of ourselves online, I think it's more important than ever now as so much has been done online. But you really need to think like, can someone get into your private Facebook and see your drunken photos from a night out with the lads or the girls? Like, think about that kind of stuff. Not everyone cares about it. It depends on the kind of business. But if, you know, you're looking for a real like squeaky clean kind of image and the business uh, that you're approaching also has that kind of image then you know you're probably going to want to put things on private so they can't go digging into your social life which may not be relevant to how you act as a business person yeah Um, and it comes down to your brand as well doesn't it like your actual you know we spoke about this in previous podcasts but it does come down to your brand a lot doesn't it in that respect mm. you know and how you kind of portray yourself on social media and that yeah absolutely and you know i think anyone who is building a brand for themselves you can obviously do it in a way where you are you know outgoing and fun and and maybe a bit edgy or you can build it as you know the squeaky clean image that you know is very corporate very professional both of those are fine and are absolutely valid ways of doing it as is everything in between and the further extremes but you obviously have to consider the the business that you're approaching so if you are you know quite let's say quite a corporate image you're not going to go to like one of the really edgy cool like energy drink brands because it's just not a good fit so again they're going to look you up and be like well i don't i don't see the synergy i don't see why this is relevant whereas you know if it's quite clear that that you're a drifter who modifies their own cars and you know travels the world with their dog does all this like cool out there stuff and you you know maybe you vlog it then that's going to appeal to a certain like group and types of businesses. Whereas actually going to a financial services business might not make sense for that person and their brand. Yeah. It's all about the right fit like that, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm just curious, just like that, just thinking while you were talking then, Jess, I'm just actually curious, like I'd love to know what people's first impressions are of me. I don't know if you have that same kind of like wonder, because it's sort of not something we actually really talk about, is it? No. Like I'm just casting my mind back when I first met you at Autosport back in 2019. That seems like a lifetime ago now, Jess. It does. Like two years, well, I suppose it's two years ago, it literally is, yeah. last weekend, isn't it? Um, happy, happy racing winter anniversary, Toby. Happy, yeah, that's it. <laughs> where, where this, where this madness all started. Yeah. But no, just thinking back to then, and I, I remember seeing you and 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 talking to you straight away, and I was like, oh my god, she's so knowledgeable. Like, you know, I need to, I need to spend time with her and understand exactly how this works. You know, and of course, I I read your book, so perhaps I had a I had a voice is there, on. isn't it? Yeah. And as soon as I then connected with you in, in person, I was like, I get Jess, like completely. And mm. um, so I, I had quite a, a strong first impression of you. But yeah, just curious, because I just wonder, just generally, just, just out of interest, really, what people think of of each of us in, mm. in their first impression. It's um, not so I've got, I, Yeah, I've got two points I want to make here. So the first is that you obviously read my book, so you'd already known that I was knowledgeable. Yeah. So I don't think that necessarily came from when you met me. It was just kind of backing that that up. So actually, yeah, I, I made so. my first impression on you on stuff that I'd written. Yeah, true. And again, that's the same for anyone listening. The stuff that you write on social media is kind of going to give anyone who's reading or maybe you're doing videos, anyone who's watching, going to give them a sense of, you know, what you're like as a person. So it starts to build that first impression. But actually, Toby, my first impression of you was 
that you were going to do big things because you had the the entrepreneurial knowledge and like the the interest to read the four hour work week by tim ferris oh yeah we spoke for that on that day yeah. didn't we? yeah and that that really sticks with me because i'm like okay like just just knowing that you read business books and you know books about you know how to be an entrepreneur and you know the efficiency and the automation that's in that book which i definitely re- recommend to everyone that made me go okay this guy gets it he gets the business side of things it's just the knowledge of like how to do the sponsorship things within that yeah i was yeah. right you <laughs> was that's right yeah you <laughs> was um it's all clicking together isn't it yeah. that's interesting that's interesting that that's kind of the part that stayed in your mind to be fair because i completely forgot that we we spoke about that book because i think i read that like maybe two or three months prior and i was on a really big like self-development hunt of just trying to yeah be a better version of me and then once I read your book, I was like, this can happen. <laughs> well, I remember it because you, you compared that book, which was like, well, it still is one of my favorite books. One of the most life-changing books I've read. You compared my book to that. So I was a bit like, whoa. Amazing. But straight up. Yeah, straight yeah. up. They, that, they, they are my two favorite books, Get Paid mm. to Race and The 4-Hour Working Week. They're mm. on my shelf, sat in front of me now, looking at me. They are my favorite two books that I've ever read. So thank you, Jess. Well, you're very welcome. So anyone that wants to, if you, if you're interested in like self-development, how to automate the business stuff that you do, definitely recommend the four hour work week. Uh, If you go along to the show notes over on blog.racingmentor.com for this episode, we'll put a link in there so you can find it, but I definitely recommend it. And I actually recommend this is again off topic, but I recommend that, you know, anyone who is trying to better themselves and go and get sponsorship to read books like that self-development books and business books because it's all super relevant and i know we kind of translate that into sponsorship talk on this podcast on the blog everywhere but you know you you can't have too much kind of knowledge and reading i think it really helps yeah and especially if you've never run a business you know if you're going to companies to to offer sort of sponsorship it's really good if you can understand business and how business works and that kind of stuff and I think this this is probably more relevant to junior drivers or drivers you know first stepping into motorsport at kind of late teens or early 20s I think if you can kind of read business type books have that really good foundation understanding around business then when you come to make that first impression talking with with relevant sponsors you're knowledgeable you're you're, you're perfectly relevant to, to sit there and talk about business and how things work and how you can create extra turnover etc I think that's a that's probably quite a good point to, to this podcast mm. to be just I, I was I'm actually now thinking like should we do a podcast on our favorite business books at some point that's probably not a bad shout because I got loads I was just thinking oh I should recommend that but I'm actually going to hold on to it and wait uh, yeah I'm reading because... I'm reading another one at the moment actually yeah um, yeah I've got like six more to read in front of me so I, I daren't even look at my my bookshelf I read a great thing uh, the other day that was book buying is a completely like separate thing to reading books <laughs> like they are unrelated I like I've got so many to read, but I will still buy them because it, I like it. I like getting new books. It's exciting, even if I never read them. <laughs> Stand the shelf. Okay, we will definitely do a, a a book podcast episode. Maybe we should have some kind of book club as well. Yeah, I think so. Really quite quite fun. Cool. Anyway, yeah. so making a first impression. So I w- I want people to think about Zoom calls. I know that's quite relevant at the moment, and maybe you know we'll go into more detail on in person stuff at a later date when more people are doing that, but. Another thing that I don't think that we've kind of touched on with Zoom calls is to check your technology. There's nothing more frustrating than being in a meeting with someone where there's echo because they're not using headphones or the sound's rubbish or the internet's not working. 
and I know you know sometimes especially with the internet it's it's a bit out of your control but it, it's worth checking these things and making sure you've got kind of the basic equipment just to make it as easy as possible for people yeah I think that the, the big thing is wearing headphones always wear headphones because then you minimize the the echo that's coming from, from when people are talking you know out of your computer speakers yeah because bad sound unfortunately it's really bad for zoom calls isn't it especially mm. if you're in like a a group zoom call especially and there's one particular sort of echoing noise or background noise or something and it's, it's actually quite dis- disrupting is it of the of the meeting so yeah tech is is super important one of the things that i always have, have been quite conscious of lately is seeing people have the thing where they're kind of blurred ar- around them so that they you can't see the room or something um, yeah and and it's really it's or it's clever how it works but it actually looks really rubbish because obviously the, the line around your your head or shoulders are just it's just not very good and that i find that so distracting as soon as i see that i'm like why are you hiding that why it makes me just question it and it's and then i might not actually be listening directly to that person um, yeah and i've had a, a few zoom calls lately where that's kind of happened like just just like just go to a blank wall or something you know you don't mm. need to hide what's behind you or, or if we're all we're all aware that at the moment most of us are working from home anyway quite often my dog will pop up in in my zoom calls and i just kind of almost make that a bit of a humorous thing rather yeah. than trying to block it out and kind of go on it you know and it looks really obvious that you're doing that on zoom um i just invite my dog up and go oh look here's my dog and, and it just brings a bit more of a personable like experience to that person like yeah uh, talking to you i think that works yeah it's when people are even if they're on mute shouting to like their spouse or their family or their kids or whoever like off screen and yeah. it's like I don't need you to have a conversation with someone else while we're trying to have a conversation. Like yeah. either like bring that person into the frame or just make sure that the people in your house know that you're going to be doing something before, before you hop onto the call. Yeah. That's I think it. obviously there are, there are so many things that can happen that that's out of your control and it doesn't always work like that, but there are precautions that you can take to make sure that, you know, whoever else is at home with you is not going to disturb you. Yeah. And I just think just don't try and hide it because we're all aware of these current, you know, working from home scenarios of, mm. of these sort of things do happen. You know, you might hear like right now, Katie might come through my front door and that could make my dogs bark and that would come from the podcast. You know, yeah. I'm aware of these things that might happen. And if it does, then you just you kind of deal with it rather than trying to hide it. I think trying to hide it doesn't actually work. I just kind of embrace the fact that that's just happening. Oh, look, <laughs> you know, typical working from home kind of problems. Yeah. And- and makes me light of it and i don't know maybe that just gives more positive vibe of what you're trying to hide rather than yeah. like nobody see nobody see you can't see nothing here and actually everyone's focused on that yeah yeah <laughs> um, absolutely we're all in the same boat aren't we at the end of the day yeah. at the moment like everyone else is working from home and yeah you know i think that there's some really nice things that you can do to just kind of make make things easier on yourself so like you know if if you don't have a space that's like really clean with a nice background then just have your messy background make it make a point of it being like oh, i've been working so hard i have not cleaned my desk <laughs> yeah it's fine we're all human kind of thing and it actually it adds a bit to your personality yes i agree because it, it brings makes you stand out. yeah i agree and like, sometimes oh. yeah sometimes people remember things like that like sometimes people go back and go oh my god like i remember the time when i first met you and this happened like mm. and sometimes that that makes quite a nice long-term bond you know something comical that can happen can really sit in the back of someone's mind for a long time and you just end up staying in someone's mind because of that and and that's actually that's actually quite powerful yeah yeah totally agree and actually you know i might not remember films but i do remember every single dog or cat i've ever seen on a zoom call (laughs) (laughs) including jensen and cody oh yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) 
Okay, so I I want people to feel like they can talk about this really openly and like talk about how they prep and stuff. So um, I would love if you're having issues with like how to make a good first impression or you've got some horror stories, definitely want to hear your horror stories or like any like positive experiences of like how you've made yourself stand out, please go out on over to the Facebook group. Uh, it's the Racing Mental Sponsorship Community and share, share your kind of your thoughts, your stories, your questions with us. I think this could be quite a, an interesting and fun discussion as to like how we've all been, you know, making those positive first impressions despite not really being able to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's quite different times, isn't it? So yeah, mm. I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear your stories. Yeah, absolutely. So I know I mentioned this to you, Toby, but we hadn't actually agreed to do it on this, this episode, but I want to introduce like a new segment that we're going to do just before our drivers of the week. I want to, you know, start coming to you guys who are listening with just one big sponsorship idea each week. And I think I'm good enough at the ideas thing and the stuff that I get really excited about that I don't have the means to do. So I'd really love to see people take these ideas and kind of run with them. So I, I kind of have one for today that I've actually been thinking about a lot over maybe the last week or so. And I know that there are a few drivers already, but no one's really focusing on it. And that's working some kind of like sustainability angle into what you're doing as a racing driver. Right. So I think this is going to be really, really, really important going forward because there are so many businesses out there who have sustainability as one of their core values who wouldn't touch motorsport because they see it as kind of dirty and polluting when actually there's a lot being done in motorsport to make it, you know, carbon neutral. It's, there's lots of sustainable practices, big push for diversity, that kind of thing. So if you're a driver who, who makes it quite clear what you're doing from a sustainability point of view, you suddenly open up this whole new world of sponsors that wouldn't normally come near motorsport. True. What you do with that information is up to you. How you do it is up to you, but just something to think about for today. I like it. I like this element, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because I'm doing so much with like electric cars and things right now and conversations actually that I had today at the, the Motorsport Days live networking thing. But yeah, just, just something for people to think about. Yeah, it's very thought-breaking. I'm actually now in my head just thinking, <laughs> just thinking of ideas myself. So that's a really good point. I know there's drivers working on sustainability right now as well. So yeah, I think that's quite a, quite a fun part of uh, the introduction to this new new section of the Race Mentor podcast. Yeah, so we'll, we'll try and do this every week before the, the driver of the week. And I'll try and kind of lean on stuff that's, that's happening in the news. But then I'll also like really jump on some really weird stuff as well, because that's just how my brain works. And, you know, Toby, we can we can talk through ideas and you can hit me with some as well. And we can talk them through and, you know, hopefully it'll give give some inspiration to people who aren't aren't so used to thinking outside of the box as we are. That sounds awesome. I feel like this should be like challenge, Jess. I think it should be called challenge, Jess. I think that's a... <laughs> well, you just give me like an industry and I'll be like, right, how about this? Yeah, maybe that's what we do. <laughs> okay, yeah, that fun. actually sounds really fun. Let's do that. Challenge, Jess. Like how long it. until I get stuck? So on that note then, guys, if you want something that you can help me out and uh, and help me challenge Jess, then please <laughs> hit my DMs up at Toby Trice Racing. Because if you've got an idea that you think, oh, what would Jess say? Feel free to shoot that my way. And we'll put that on the next episode of Challenge Jess. Love it. Right, let's go on to our uh, our driver of the week. We we've got another driver that was nominated by a friend, and I'm I'm loving this way. Like you guys are all supporting each other. So our driver of the week this week is Nick Vaughan from Team Prawn Racing. So congratulations, Nick. 
he was nominated by a friend because he's been a massive contributor to just just the world of like Audi and VW racing. So back in the day, he was a contributor to the Audi Sport Forum. But he's kind of, as you know, forums have kind of died a death. He's kind of pivoted what he's doing to to YouTube. So you can find him on on YouTube as Team Prawn Racing as well as on Instagram and Facebook. But obviously 2020 was a weird year for everyone but Nick was uh, racing in the 750 Motor Club's road sport series, managed to finish in the top five every race and also took the top step in the most recent race. So that, that's incredible for, for a weird season, uh, still with a novice cross on the car. So go, go check Nick out on, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and also that YouTube channel as well, especially if you are interested in that, that VW Audi race car kind of base. Yeah, I think it's pretty mega. And I just love the fact that obviously he's doing so so good to the community. Um, and that's what this is all about, isn't it? Helping each other out. He's got a vote from someone else within our community. I think that's lovely to hear. But yeah, we should we should all celebrate stuff that, you know, people that are helping each other out because without that, you know, motorsport doesn't really exist. And that's really why we're here in the first place. Absolutely. And I think that motorsport family thing is really strong. Yeah. And I, you know, I love seeing people who are willing to go and answer questions and support other people. So well done, Nick, for doing that. And, you know, any, anyone else who's thinking, you know, I know a driver like that. I know a driver who loves supporting the community and do, doing big things, you know, whether it's within their race, racing championship or whether it's in a wider way, please do kind of, you know, feel free to nominate them. The, you can find the form to nominate for driver of the week and you can nominate yourself and you should nominate yourself you can find that in the the facebook group or either me or toby a message and we'll send it over to you mega yeah well congratulations dick so thank you everyone for listening we will be back with you next week until then if you have any questions you can email me directly on jess at racingmental.com or you can come join us over on the facebook group Awesome, man. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you next week and have an awesome, awesome week ahead and good luck with all your sponsorship hunting. Thanks, everyone.